entrepreneur, can we clap? It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Um, I'm very grateful for everyone in our church who serves and is part of the team. Um, what you just experienced in, in worship and what your kids are being trained and equipped in and those who were part of setting up and breaking down and creative. Um, thank you for what you do week in and week out. This would not be a reality. We would not be able to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ if it were not for your faithful consistency in serving. So thank you. Can we just show some love to everyone who's on the team? And um, for those of you who um, are excited to be here today, and maybe you're not excited, but you're here, which is all right as well, um, but you're here today, and you're here for the first time, welcome. We are sincerely glad that you're with us today. Um, I know, uh, I always try to remind myself, although it's difficult because I'm so far removed, and often most of us are so far removed from our first experience in church that it just becomes routine and habit, and we forget what it was like the first time we went to a church um, a new church or a church in general for the first time. It's kind of like that mix between anxiety and feeling like you're gonna throw up. I know what you, you're going through, um, but I'm grateful that you're here. Um, we're grateful that you um, decided to spend uh, your morning with us, and I pray, we will pray together, but it's my prayer this morning that, that you will see Jesus more clearly um, in our time together. Uh, it is really conviction of my heart to um, introduce people to Jesus, not to religion. People are familiar with religion and often familiar with Jesus, but it's my conviction and one of my greatest desires is to introduce people to Jesus. And often, sometimes people need a reintroduction to someone um, who they thought they met, but they never really did. Um, so that's my heart's cry, really, every single time I get up here. Um, but I want to make a little announcement for some of you. Some of you are part of True North Church. You consider this home um, week in and week out, but you have yet to take Growth Track. Growth Track is a class um, that we developed to really allow you to become part of the family. How many of you know there's a big difference between just being part of the crowd and then being part of the family? If you want to be part of the family and consider this home and, and, and you vest into this place um, with your time and your resources, you need to make sure that you sign up and be part of Growth Track. It's happening today, actually, class one. There's only two classes. We'd love for you to be part of it. Lunch is provided, um, and you can actually go directly after service over to Center Point, which is literally minutes away um, for the 12:30 um, class one of Growth Track. So I'd love for you to be part of that today. Um, you will be blessed today. Um, you will learn a lot, and I believe that you'll leave um, with your hearts filled. Amen. You guys, all right? Are you all right? Because I, I got something I want to preach to you. I just I know it'll it'll go it'll be received uh, much better if you're like you're ready to receive. Um, but I'm not going to just take your word for it. We're going to pray, okay? And because uh, I know that the Lord um, sometimes doesn't need our permission to do something in our heart, so we're just going to ask Him to just have His way. Is that all right? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, mess us up today. Lord, do something in our heart that only You can do. God, I know that we're busy people, often too busy to pause. And be still and know that you are ultimately in control. And Father, may we not miss opportunities. May we not be so busy and so forward-focused that we miss the present of what you're trying to say. May our ears and our hearts be attentive this morning. May we be ready to receive from you. Father, I thank you that our faith increases as we hear the word of God. So, Father, may your word dwell in our hearts richly today. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. Throughout this month, we are going to unpack this core conviction of ours at True North Church called 
better together. Everybody say that, better together. Now, it's one of those phrases, if you would, that can seem very cheap, can seem like a campaign slogan or something you'd see on the yard sign or something you'd get from, you know, a, a, I don't know, a campaign or someone in the mail would put it on a letterhead. Or, but can I tell you, there's something behind that core value. And, and it's a deep, biblical, biblically rooted conviction that we carry here that really just expresses the importance of doing life with one another. Now, just because it's important and, quite frankly, a biblical necessity, it doesn't mean that it always happens within church. To assume that would simply mean that when people come in, they sit down in the chairs and they leave, that in some way, real intimate community and fellowship happens, and that's not true. And so it's our heart's desire that this would not just be a one-time meeting place for people on a Sunday, but it would be the one time that the family of God gathers together, that people who are beyond the family and outside of the family or yet to be part of the family can come as well, and we can worship and praise Jesus together as a family. But it's not just something that is restricted to a one-hour appointment on Sunday. Like, we really believe that we should do life together. And why do we believe that? Because we literally believe this with all of our heart, that we are better together. And some of you are like looking a few rows up. You're like, you sure about that? Yes, I believe that all of us are better together. That means it's expressed this way. We're better church with you a part of it than we are without you. Some of you are like, well, really? Yes, we believe that. We believe that we're better together as a church. Can you say amen? And I, I know for for. For many people, as our church continues to grow, we are intentional about making our growing church small. This really strategy of crews, which are small groups in the life of, of the church, is our approach to making a large church small. Now, if you would come up to me and say, hey, do you desire to have a small church? I'd say, no, not, not at all. But I don't strive to accumulate attendance on a Sunday. It's my heart that we would grow in our knowledge of the Lord and grow in our fellowship with God. And out of our, out of our fellowship with God, we'd have a greater desire to fellowship with other people. When that happens, church, when that truly happens, that can't, by the way, that can't be manipulated. You're like, hey, we're going to have a buy one, get one free. Come and buy a piece. Like, you, you can't advertise and market organic relationship and love towards people. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyone know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you begin to connect with people, and, and sometimes you can, you can even try to market the relevancy and the love that you have, but it's not until you actually commit to doing life with people that you actually can really say, man, they, they love me. It requires something of us. It requires time and energy and commitment and intentionality. It doesn't happen by accident. And it really doesn't happen on one gathering together on a Sunday morning. Now, I know, um, like you, I could easily say that, that life gets busy. And I don't really have the time to devote, you know, 10, 10 meetings throughout the next 20 weeks to be part of a crew. I believe this, that many of us have friends, but we need a crew. Many of us have acquaintances, but we need a crew. We, we need people in our life. We need a squad of people in our life so that we can accomplish all that God has for us to do. Fellowship is a word that's often used in church. And I, I say it's one of those F words that you need to be familiar with in church. 
Um, If you haven't heard it, you will hear it, but fellowship has been often described as the essence of Christianity. It is essential, really, for us to know what what fellowship means in order for us to be part of of the community of believers or be part of those who are in Christ. Why? Fellowship is a word, an old English word, that's derived from this Greek term koinonia, which simply means togetherness. Togetherness. It means that, that, that when you fellowship with one another, you have a, a likeness. You, you walk with one another. There's a, a depth of intimacy and vulnerability shared in the relationship. It's not a mere acquaintance. It's like, hey, how you doing? Doing good. How was your week? It was awesome. How's you like the cold weather? You're like, nah, not really. Me neither. Have a nice week. You know, you know what I mean? It's not like that. No, no, no. Fellowship, rather, is something that's intentionally invested into other people. And for many of us, that, like, if I'm, if, if I'm sitting where you are, and I'm hearing me say this, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, Pastor, that is really good. I'm glad you're preaching this. This sounds great, because I actually believe, like you, that we are better together. But why do I need to be involved with a group of people that I don't know yet? Because I already have my group of people. Anyone else feel like that? Anybody? Someone raise their hand, please. Seth, you better raise your hand, okay? When I do that, I just need... <laughs> See, many of us go through life and we're like, that's awesome. I'm glad you did that. But I have my people. And you know what you're saying to me? You know what you're saying? Uh, you're saying it by the mere lack of response of saying, I don't need that. You know why? Because I already found my comfortable relationship of friends. We have another core value here. One of our core values is we are made to move. Movement is not erratic in, in serving God. Movement in, 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 in serving God is not, is not random. It's intentional and it's purposeful. Do you know why? Because we don't follow a random crowd of people. We follow one person. His name is Jesus Christ. And it's at his leading that we follow. Movement actually continues to push us out of places of comfort and into places of unknown. Which means that you need to get to the place as a follower of Jesus Christ to be comfortably uncomfortable all the time. This is the awkward clap where you're like, <laughs> listen, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm right with you. Let me, let me explain why this is one of those things where we're like, we want to be happy, but really we're not. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, this is good, but really, I don't want to be with other people. This, this dichotomy, if you would, this, this, I agree with you, but I'm not sure I want to do it is, is a normal part of our response as people. It's not strange, it's not peculiar, but I need you to understand that we who are part of the family of God, those who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we do not navigate in our present towards the future by how we feel, but according to the word of God. And for many of us, that's like, whoa, it's hard, but we know that we are not led by our flesh, but led by the Spirit. So if the Word of God declares that we need to navigate our behaviors to a certain, uh, to a certain behavior or to a certain relational structure, even if I don't want to, I know that God will produce something out of it, so I'll step by faith into the direction that Christ is leading me. Walking by faith is not comfortable. Some of you need to hear that. It's not comfortable at first. Do you know why? 
because we're often only comfortable in relying in our own strength. That's it. If I can't fix it, if I can't solve it, if I can't manifest something, if I can't provide a solution to it, and it's even betrayed in the way that we talk about what we, all we can do is pray. The only thing I have left is to trust God. It's the only thing you have left. It was the only thing you ever had. But even in our own explanation, we, we convey to God that, God, I trust in myself more than I trust in you. This concept of fellowship is, is quite significant. And I want to unpack it with you over the next few weeks. But there's a common behavior that happens in the church all the time. And this common behavior is not one I look at and be like, oh, you're just like everyone else. This common behavior was one that I walked in as well. And this is it. When you come into church, there's this sense of, I don't know if I belong. I don't know if this is for me. I don't, I'm not sure how to, to find my way. And we just want to be known and we just want to be loved. We want someone to know our name. We want someone to love us. And we, we meander through this crowd of people on Sunday. And, and we're just hoping, just hoping that we won't feel alone. And then as life goes on, I hear many people saying, I tried church, it just wasn't for me. And it doesn't compute now that I know what the Word of God says. It doesn't, it's hard for me to, I almost have to step out of what I've learned in the Word of God and think like, why would they say that? But now it makes sense to me. What they're saying is, is family is hard. Being part of a family is hard. Now, I don't know about you, but, but the Bible says that we are Many, even in our giftings, but one body. One body. We are one family. Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised in, in a family of eight, and it was hard to love everyone all the time, to understand everyone's opinion all the time, to agree with everyone and everything that they said and that they supported. It was difficult. But you know what? We never had meetings or random gatherings where someone would stand up and they say, I've decided to leave the family. And some of us would be like, oh, good. Yay. See, you know. No, we never did that. You know why? And it would be strange if we did. But we do it in church all the time. And we're like, I just, you know what? It's just... I'm not, and we have our ways of like cloaking it spiritually, where it's like, well, brother, I just wasn't growing in the word. No, the preaching wasn't really speaking. It wasn't deep. The worship wasn't just, it didn't hit that chord in my spirit. And you're like, what are you, what are you? It's like you saying to your mother or your father or your siblings, you know what? I just think so-and-so's family down the street, that's where I belong be like, well, good, go. You know what I mean? But you know what we ultimately say in the common behavior is? Family is hard. I have never met someone, never met someone who said marriage was easy. Being in family was easy. Being committed to people when they're broken is easy. It's never messy. It's never emotional. It's never hard. It's never stretching. It's never challenging. I have never met someone that said that. But you know why we disconnect that from church? Because somehow we've bought into the fact that within church, everything's supposed to be perfect. And we do all these, everything's fake, even our smiles. 
And you come into church, and it's like, listen, 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 listen. Everyone here is holy, so like, don't, don't tell me you're drinking. Don't tell me you're doing this. Just smile and say, I'm blessed. And if you want, just call everyone brother and sister, and then they'll be like. And, and you know what? The truth is, is we do this all the time. We do this all the time. And, and then we'll be like, well, this is not really for me. What's not for you? Family? Your greatest strides in life will be in the messiest seasons. And I'm here to tell you that if you run every time it gets messy, you will never grow. I remember as a child, I had this baseball coach. And he wrote a letter at the end of the year that I played with him and that one team. And, and it was a really nice letter, but at the beginning, I'll never forget it. He says, you know, you and I were like water and oil. I say, like, I don't even know what that means. Sounds good. <laughs> Always were separated on everything we saw and did. And I remember there was a point in that season where, my fa- where I went to my father and I said, um, I want to quit. I love this sport, but I do not want to. And my father says, no, you got to stay. It's in the difficult seasons with difficult people and difficult situations that we really grow. And so this is what we've created in the Western culture and church. You know what it is? If someone offends you, just go and find somewhere where you're loved. Do you know love is filled with truth and grace? And usually most people just want the grace. They don't want the truth. But I'll tell you what. I would rather have someone tell me in my face, hey, um, your zipper's down. Hey, there's something hanging out of your nose right now. Rather than going through an entire sermon and an entire series or an entire dinner, and then at the end they say, hey, by the way, you got like something right here. Really? At the end of this? <laughs> Life's the same way. And so when people come here, do you know what I think people are drawn to, but they can't intrinsically put their finger on it? It's a sense of authenticity and love for one another. And I know, I know we always misappropriate it. We're like, oh, no, it's this. No, it's that. No, it's this. Oh, it's a collective thing. It's this. Oh, it's the young people. It's the music. No, it's this. It's the designs. It's the advertising. It's this, blah, blah, blah. Can I tell you, I know what it is. It's none of that. It's the commitment to walk through difficult seasons and through the messiness of life and call one another family, even though we're not perfect. We never will be until we stand in the presence of God, but we're committed to honoring Jesus, to following him and doing life with one another which is called fellowship. That's what church is. Church is not. It is not. Church is not a single gathering on Sunday morning for an hour. It's not. And the reason I have such a conviction to tell you that is I don't want you to be deceived and think in some way that if I rock up to church and just sit here for 45 minutes or for an hour, then all of a sudden everything in my knowledge of God and my purpose and my meaning in life will be fulfilled. It will help because within this environment, you've submitted yourself in the proper position to respond to God, but God can't make you respond. He's a gentleman. He only ushers opportunities to us. Here's the opportunity. You want to be part of the family? Step by faith into a group of people who honor and serve me. It's hard. Why is it hard? Why, why, why do we fight that? Because it's almost like us saying, I'm not going to hide who I really am. And I got to be okay with people knowing my story. I've always found it fascinating that we in the church, we try to hide our story but within the word of God, it says actually we overcame 
the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is the work of Jesus Christ, and by the word of our testimony. It's actually, it is our, one of our greatest strengths and the greatest powers we have is our testimony. But somehow, as a work of sin in our life, we've seen what is a great strength as a great weakness. So what do we do rather than proclaim it? Hide it. Hide it. Brokenness in the past ashamed of this and that and we don't tell nobody because we're just like I just I just want to start over I don't I don't want people to really know who I am can I tell you we're all broken there's a common unity in this place those who are believers in Christ we have a common unity common unity and the unity is found in all in this sense that we all have fallen short of the glory of God none of us are righteous not even one so none of us can look at one another and say oh man you screwed up Oh, no, 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 you screwed up back there. No, we all have. And that's a common unity, and we have a common unity in the problem. We have a common unity in the solution, which is Jesus Christ. And that binds us together in this fellowship, in this doing life together and what it really ultimately looks like. I I want us as a family to understand that, that doing life with other people is According to the word of God, it's not a suggestion. It's not like, hey, do you know what I think would be a really cool idea? Find some people that love Jesus and do life with them. Like not every day. Like wh- whenever you hear people say that, I know that some of you who don't like this, you, always, you, you immediately go to the extremes. How am I supposed to do it every day with them? How am I supposed to daily do it? I don't know. I got all this stuff going on. How I, no, 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 but bump your brakes. It's okay. It means invest into new relationships. Invest into people who are in the church who are new to the family of God. Invest into relationships that you may not know the people who you're talking to. It's through this process of fellowship. I believe with all my heart that God does his greatest work in the hearts of his children. He refines us through this process. And I love how he builds a family. You know why? Because there's at no point where you can say, I just want to leave. I just want to be out. I want to be done. No, you got to suck up your pride. You got to deal with your selfishness. You got to deal with your arrogance. You got to learn how to say sorry. The only way you're successfully involved in a family is if you learn how to almost have this self awareness of being like, everyone else says they're sorry and I don't. Everyone else can own up to it, but I can't. And usually in the church environment, the one who can't, they don't, they don't ever get to the point to break through that and say, okay, I'm finally going to step by faith and say, I'm sorry. You know what they do? I'm just going to leave. Because it's easier for me to deal with my own brokenness if I go somewhere else and to step in an environment of people who ultimately really love me, but it's going to be a big step for me. And I just know that, that the enemy is so happy with Christians who, who just go through the motions and are unwilling to step out by faith into something they are not normally comfortable with. It's because on the other side of that faith journey or that faith relationship will become a refinement in how you reflect Christ. It's a powerful thing. Do you know in Genesis, we see at the very beginning... It was intrinsic, it was inherent, it was expressed in our creation that we are to do life with other people. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, this is what it says, Then God said, let us, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And this 
expression directly refers or references the Trinity, this perfect unity or this perfect community or fellowship of the Godhead. And we were formed or created out of the image of his likeness, which was this perfect unity or fellowship. You know, the more I I studied about the, the nature and the importance of us doing life with other people, I began to read different things, and I came across some things that were fascinating to me. Some things like, um, over time, enemies of other nations would find that the greatest way to get a prisoner to talk wasn't necessarily physical forms of torture as much as it was solitary confinement. If they could isolate them from human contact, they would break. Because we weren't wired to be separated from people. I also read that when an infant is born, that they can often live longer without food than they can the touch in the arms of a person. There's something the way that God wired us inherently to do life with one another. And some of us say, well, where does this come from, this desire to like not be connected with other people or just keep what we have? Us four, no more. You know what I mean? Don't step out. No, don't. You got to be my friend forever, you know. Why? What is, what is that? What is it? It all happened in the garden. It happened in the garden. When sin entered into, into humanity, the same byproduct happens today. When sin enters into, to it, when it becomes most evident in our life, you can notice one attribute of what we do. We isolate ourselves and we hide. And it happens in all different forms. You may not physically run and hide, but emotionally and spiritually you hide. You hide behind pains, you hide behind hurts, you hide behind fears, you hide behind uncertainties of what's before you in the future, you just hide. And just like when Adam and Eve were hiding from God as he walked through the garden and he says, why are you hiding? They were filled with, a sh- they were filled with shame, brokenness, so they hid. Same thing happens in church today. People just hide. Can I just tell you, this is what it means to be fully set free through Christ is to know that in this family, I just don't need to hide anymore. I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not. I don't need to hide my struggles and my insecurities. I don't need to hide that, man, I, I struggled with this 10, 20 years ago. I struggled with this, I struggled with that. But do you, know, do you know why it's hard? It's because we're afraid of what might happen. But in order for us to live in our purpose, we need to understand how God sees us. Our identity must be right. And if we don't know that we were formed in the image of God, this perfect fellowship and unity of the Godhead, we won't understand our necessity to have relationships with other people that serve God. This idea to know God and to make him known, the first part is a prerequisite to the second. I cannot make him known if first I don't know him myself. The fellowship that I have with God enables me and strengthens me and actually casts importance of why I should have fellowship with other people. But I first must have fellowship with him. This this thought is, I don't think I would say scary to some, but it moves us to step into the unknown and say, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to begin to connect with other people. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's in this connection, it's in this, this deciding to step out of the areas of our comfort zone that we see God do his greatest work in our hearts. I 
In John chapter 10, verse 34, this messes me up, church, and I want you to get this as we get ready to close. I want you to get this. Um, sorry. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. I want you to hear this. The Apostle John says this in, in reference to the, what Christ says. He's quoting what Jesus said, and these are the words of Jesus. A new command I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Pause, just time out for a second. I have to be really honest. For the longest time, I read that and I never understood it. I thought this was this casual acquaintance with being kind to people, opening the door for the elderly, giving five bucks to someone who doesn't have food, praying with someone who's sick, random acts of kindness. It's not what it means. Christ doesn't say that you'll be known unto men because you give money to the church. Doesn't say you'll be known unto men because you serve in the church or you even attend. He says the only way that people will be able to know that you're my disciples and he's talking about this love towards one another. You know what he's talking about? Fellowship with one another. Do you know why it's so hard for us to do that? Do you know why it's easier to write a check to a, to a third world country on the other side of the planet and to help those who are in need than it is for us to walk across the street and tell our neighbor that we love them? is because there's a requirement of vulnerability involved, of authenticity involved, of faith involved. And we often don't walk into it with confident assurance knowing that God is before us. We are frightened and we take the easy way out. I'm here to tell you that by faith you can step into new relationships. You can step into new environments of people that will surround you with prayer, with encouragement, with support. You don't need to be hiding from your brokenness. You don't need to continue to run from God. You don't need to continue to run from other people. You don't even need to play church. It doesn't help you. It doesn't advance you to live in the purposes of God. Christ declares that this is how people will know that you, that you are my disciples. Does he say anything about carrying a Bible? Anything about quoting scripture? No, it's in the fulfillment of living out scripture, which is what? I'm going to love you because you're part of the family of God. I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to walk with you through seasons of difficulty. I'm not going to distance myself from you. I'm going to walk with you through it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do life with you. And that's what the word of God, that's what Christ declares is the very thing that people will look at and say, he or she must be a follower of Jesus. How? They go to church every Sunday? Nope. They love those who are within the family of God. Can I tell you, if you spend your life trying to accomplish the things that you need to do. I need to read, I need to pray, I need to be in church, I need to do it. If you seek after all of those things, the blessings and the things we should do, instead of seeking after the person Jesus, none of that will come easy. You'll strive and you'll struggle and it'll be frustrating, but if you seek after Jesus, say, I just wanna know Jesus. I want my fellowship with Jesus to increase. Whatever that looks like, it's different for each one of us. The frequencies in which we talk to God and how we talk to God and the way he speaks to us is different because we are different. But when that is strengthened, our resolve to love one another is increased. And something peculiar happens. People who are far from God are drawn to this house.
for no other reason. At first, they don't know why. At first, they're a bit perplexed. At first, they're confused. They start to try to put their finger on it. Is it the music? Is it the environment? Maybe it's because the lights are low. Maybe it's because of the blue plastic chairs. Maybe it's because of the screens. Maybe it's because of the podium. Maybe because it's a stage. I don't know. What is it? The lights? I don't know what it is. Can I tell you what I believe what it is with all my heart? The, the Spirit of God is present, and the act of love and fellowship within the body of Christ is present. And when that is present, real community will bring real change the only time you'll experience real change is if you're in real community and the access door into real community the access door into real community is to love those next to you let me pray for you before we go today father i'm so grateful for those who are in your house today father may your word do something in our heart father as we begin to launch out in these crews that'll go out through all of South Jersey over the next few weeks. Father, may we not respond to our natural inclinations to be part of only the ones that we're familiar with, but God, may we understand the importance of, of fellowship with those who are in the house of God. And Lord, I pray that even though things may be difficult and maybe it might be an overwhelming season for us, Father, may we find the importance of getting coffee with people who love, who love you, getting lunch with people who are part of the family of God so that we ourselves can grow and be discipled and mature in the way that we honor and live for you. Father, bless every couple here today, every marriage, Father, bless it. Father, every, every mother and every father, Father, bless them. Bless the children who are present today, the aunts and the uncles, the grandparents, Father, bless them. Father, bless the young people who are pursuing careers and different things, Father, but may above all else, may they pursue you May the clarity of their hearts be in one direction and the directions towards pursuing your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we're a grateful people. Hey, thanks for watching. I pray that that message was a blessing to you and I pray it's encouraged you um, wherever you find yourself in your journey of life. We never like to end any one of our services without giving you um, the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised to life, that you will be saved. And salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work towards it. It can only be received. It's this incredible grace that comes only from God. So the Bible says that right where you are in your season, not trying to fix anything else, not trying to get yourself better, not waiting or putting off salvation, but today to make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that you know you can't save you, that you need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says it only requires you to say a simple prayer. So repeat after me, just say this prayer. Say, dear, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, we believe that your eternity is secure in Christ. One of the things that I wanna encourage you to do, your next step, if you would, um, is to tell somebody, whether you're telling us through the website and contacting us and informing us or telling someone else at a local church that maybe you visited, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to be planted in a healthy Bible-based church, whether it's True North Church or another church close to you. Find a church community to do life with. 
Man, we're so excited for you. Make sure that you get a Bible. If you don't have one, please reach out to us. We'd love to bless you with the Bible and encourage you on your journey with Jesus. I'm excited for you. I truly believe that your best days are still ahead.